Peyton Kirkland is committing this Saturday. Also, which Big Ten head coaches would make the best father-in-law? And which three MSU players would we want to join this year's Michigan State football team? All with Austin Smith of the only podcast. <laughs> Let's have a fun one. Let's go. Let's go. Our Locked On Spartans, your daily podcast on the Michigan State Spartans. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. It is the best people in the world. Of course, I'm talking about the listeners, the viewers of Lockdown Spartans, but I'm also talking about this gentleman over here. His name is Austin Smith of The Only Podcast, and he is a friend of this here show. Uh, before we get to him, you know, let him talk. Uh, hey, please rate, review, and subscribe to this here podcast or YouTube channel, however you digest this, and also LockdownSpartans at gmail.com if you ever want to reach out with a mailbag question, which we will get to here in a hot second. But until then... I guess I'll let this strapping gentleman next to me uh, talk for a little bit. Austin, how on earth are you doing, man? Are you doing okay? I, I'm great. You know, I just first of all, I have to compliment the opening of your show. Like the production value when I compare it to the show that John and I run is really <laughs> like, I don't know. I feel, I'm feeling very like group of five amongst the no, SEC Big Ten right now. So it's 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 impressive. But no, man, things are good. We're within a uh, you know arm's reach of football season and we can you know as much as i'm excited to talk about recruiting i am very excited to talk about actual games here in a few weeks so yeah we're 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 winding down thank god i could i could feel my heart beat faster as you're talking about games because we're under 45 (laughs) days here man and um I got to start hydrating here. So, uh, yeah, but no, thank you for the compliments on the production uh, that we do here. I couldn't tell if you were impressed by the plastic hanger that this jersey's on. This <laughs> giant picture with the world's biggest glare on it that you can't make out uh, for the life of you. Or the empty fireball fist behind me. I, wh- whatever it is uh, that impresses the people, uh, we are here to uh, wow <laughs> the watchers and guests of Lockdown Spartans. So, yeah, here we go, man. Um, you know, we're, we're tired of talking about recruiting. So, Austin um, – you know what? I'll give you the choice here. Uh, also recently in the news for Big Ten football, uh, Jim Harbaugh, he goes to a rally, expresses his views um, on pro-life versus pro-choice. So you, I'll either let you comment on your thoughts on Roe v. Wade. I can chip mine in as well. Or we can talk about recruiting, I guess. Wh- which way do you want to <laughs> I'm going to take the safe route and go rec- – I'm going to choose recruiting. Okay. Finally, All right. Wow, final that's... answer. I don't call him Austin White Blanket Smith for nothing, so let's talk about <laughs> recruiting right here. <laughs> so, the news of uh, potentially the weekend, hopefully coming up, we'll see. Peyton Kirkland, offensive tackle, the number 25 ranked offensive tackle at his position, also a top 300 player in the country, is slated to pick between Alabama, Florida, Miami, Oklahoma, and our Michigan State Spartans. Uh Listen, we could talk more about Peyton Kirkland if he commits on Saturday, but I just want – this isn't even health of the program, Austin. I just want to know the health of you. Recruiting has been popping off so far. June was thrilling. July, a roller coaster with guys committing, guys not committing. It, has Mel Tucker's relentlessness towards recruiting been healthy for you as the fan, or has this been detrimental because this offseason we used to enjoy? Nope. No longer, but is is it a is it a net positive or net negative for the health? You think? I, I honestly, it's hard to it, it's almost hard to answer. Like as a, 
I would say that I think overall it's probably for the health of the program, certainly mm-hmm. a good thing. I mean, I Amazing. think you, what he's done in terms of, I was saying this to John the other day, like John Kirby, my co-host on the only podcast should not just a sure. random guy, but uh, <laughs> we were talking <laughs> about how yeah. there, there is something to be said for being on the graphic, like being in these conversations and no matter what happens with Kirkland, the four programs that you just listed that he is choosing between Michigan state and those four programs, like those are blue bloods through and through. Those are teams that you never like seeing on the recruiting trail, but you have to go against if you want to land guys that will ultimately allow you to become a national title contender. And, you know, Mel Tucker has stated from his very first day that that is his aspiration and goal for this program. And I think, while it makes my blood pressure rise and as much as I'd love to just be, you know, comfortable, uh, you know, going six and six every year, <laughs> if you want to run with the big dogs, you, this is, these are the things you have yeah. to do. So um, I, it's funny. Cause I talk about like I, on our podcast, like self-awareness all the time as a program, like a program sure. like at Iowa or, a, or a Wisconsin in a lot of ways, like, they know that probably once, maybe twice every four-year cycle, when all the cards fall right. Northwestern, another great example of this. Of course. They're going to be competitive. But in those other three years, you just show up, have fun, tailgate, empty some more fireball fits, and you know, call it a season. But um, I think Michigan State has higher expectations, and you know, this recruiting is uh, – he, he's, he's leaning into it. And really, no matter what happens, it's a tangible step forward this year, kind of no matter what happens the rest of the way. Yeah. And like, I, I had this conversation just with myself earlier this week. It's like, yeah, you know, you miss out on some big guys like Jelani, uh, Jelani Thurman, Elliot Washington. Mm-hmm. I mean, you know, the, the list kind of goes on, but it's not crazy because you still do have that list of good news here. So yeah, this is just uncharted water still, which I feel like this is the last off season I could use that term uncharted waters. Yes. Um, I feel like that's been the official slogan of this podcast when we're talking about football and Mel Tucker era, but like, I wonder if Mel Tucker realizes that we're all in this too. You know, we're relying on Mel, we're relying on the kids, we're relying on the staff to get things done. But like, let's talk about us for a second, Austin. Let's talk about us for a second, all the listeners and viewers. Like, we're also being asked a lot for too, to go through all this 12 months Mm -hmm. a year. Like, yeah, sure, we're in a dead period right now. But like, like I said, like we got a guy committing this weekend. Like, so Mm -hmm. I want, what I'm trying to say is like, I want a handwritten letter from Mel Tucker thanking us for our service. I don't think, I don't think that's, that's not too much to ask for. And I, I do think it's an interesting point though, like as fans getting in inve- getting invested this in this is like a treacherous thing because yeah. you are in the end, of, at the end of the day, putting a lot of energy into the decision of a 17 or 18 year old kid who could be very easily influenced by social yes. media or by his, uh, you know, his friends, family, parents, other players from his teams. And they can change your decision overnight. I mean, guys flip every day. And, you know, to recruiting is a fickle game in that way that you you really want it. And it's like you almost treat it like it's a whole nother sport. But um, you have to remember at the end of the day, these are like kids that are making these decisions. And, uh, you know, it's that's the part that I try to grind. I did try to touch grass from time to time and like and and remember that. But it's 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 tough right now. (laughs) We know what all, all we've got is baseball. As much as sure. I love baseball, I'm thinking about college football. It's just not even – it's not even a competition. So, yeah, it's – Yeah. 
There's some humbling moments like, that come along with it. Yeah, if you're like me, you know, it's just like, you know, you're a Tigers fan. I'm like, what has that done for you the last decade? Or, uh, you know, or, or if you're a golf fan, you know, you're just watching Roy McIlroy just come up short in another major. And that makes me mm-hmm. sad. So, like, MSU recruiting, like, gives me happiness every once in a while. But, yeah, it's just like you said, like, on the surface – I, I could disguise this as like, oh, yeah, no, we're just uh, excited for our football team. We're worried about the health of our football team. And it goes down to recruiting. And then you scratch the surface and like a lot of my happiness in the summer <laughs> is predicated on the decisions of 17 and 18 year old kids, kids that yeah. and this is a very seminal moment for me in my life. I don't know why this is such a landmark event in my life, but like a lot of these kids weren't alive. No. 2004 Pistons uh, NBA championship. Like I, yeah. these kids don't know who the going to work Pistons are. And that, that breaks my heart here. If I could just be locked on Pistons for a hot second, but like we're talking about kids <laughs> born in 04. Like, geez, I was in like seventh yeah. grade in 04. Now um, here I am grown man. I got a child. Uh, I think I still have a marriage. I don't know. I haven't seen her in a while. Um, so we'll, we'll touch base with that after I'm done it's recording. But like here we are. It's better not it's to sad. think about it. Don't do the reverse. <laughs> right, exactly. Man. You're going to drive yourself crazy. Just, I had the, like, the first time you have that moment is when you graduate college and you're like, oh, wait, I'm older than all of these guys now. Correct. And then right. you start realizing that, like, I was watching, <laughs> paying attention to, speaking of baseball, the MLB draft, and the kid who goes number one overall, Jackson mm-hmm. Holiday, is Matt Holiday's kid, who I, like, remember every oh, yeah. year oh, of yeah. Matt Holiday's career. And then the second kid is Andrew Jones's kid. And then there was, like, three or four other sons, and I'm like, I've already got to deal with Vladimir Guerrero Jr. Like I don't, I don't know if I have like the ability to deal with this moving forward. So I did the lineage yeah. thing as, yeah, I, I texted that to my dad and I was like, yeah, oh, God, I feel old. And he's like, I was like 30 something when Matt Holiday was born. He's like, you got a ways to go. I'm like, all right, thanks dad. Touch grass. I know. Touch grass we- moment. I had this conversation with Connor. I think this is like, this either could have been a week ago or five months ago. I have no concept of time anymore, but like, it was what makes you feel old as a sports fan. And one was like, okay, like Antonio Gates Jr. For example, like kids of athletes you watch growing up, they're going to college. Okay. Number two is like complaining about alternate uniforms that like, when you actually start to look around, you realize like all the kids actually think they're sick. It's like, Oh snap. Now I'm a dinosaur. And then number three is like, Right, of course. Or, like, number three is, like, when you're watching clips from, like, the mid-2000s. Like, let's say the, the Drew Neitzel game when he hit that three against Wisconsin. So the camera quality looks like it was from 1972. <laughs> and, like, back in the day, it's like, oh, my God, I feel like I'm actually at the game. This is great. So it's those. that's, like, the holy trinity for me of, like, feeling. Yeah, like when you remember game. watching those games on TVs that weighed yeah. more than your car. Right. <laughs> like, <Yes>. that's, <laughs> that's what I remember. Yeah. Man. Of seeing every pixel. Of, of the game. Uh, absolutely. All four pixels that the screen was able to hold. So. <laughs> there we go. How about that for a first segment? Just a little bit of recruiting and a lot of bit of existential uh, life crises right here. Uh, this is We are rocking and rolling with, with Austin Smith right now. We're going to get into the mailbag here in a hot second, but I actually got to say goodbye to uh, Austin's lovely face here because I got to hawk some Bilt Bar, baby. And why am I doing this? Well, of course, yeah, Bilt Bar, they are proud partners of this show, but I also am a proud partner of you. I care about you, and Bilt Bar cares about you in three ways. That's right. Count it. One, two, three. The first way they care about you is they love those taste buds of yours, and they take care of those taste buds of yours with their Bilt Bars, their Bilt Puffs, wrapped in 100% real chocolate. They actually taste like what is on the wrapper. You're not biting into some granola bar or some power bar that tastes like you're eating sawdust with some wax around it. Like, no, no, no. I got sent a package of Bilt Puffs. They're s'more flavor. I don't want to exaggerate. 
but it changed my life spiritually, mentally, and physically. Reason number two, Built Bar cares about you. They take care of your body. That's right. They're low calorie. They're like 130 calories, 150 calories, 17 grams of protein in a lot of these, and the quality or the amount of sugar, very, very low. The amount of quality, very, very high. Reason number three, they take care of you. They like your wallet. They love your wallet. So when you go to built.com, you're going to smash in promo code LOCKED15. That's all one word, LOCKED15. And that's going to get you 15% off of your order because Built Bar cares about you. One more time, built.com, promo code LOCKED15. Go get yourself some Built Bars. And before we welcome Austin Smith back onto the show, hey, thank you so much for making us your first listen every single day here on the Locked On Podcast Network. Austin, did I sell you on those Built Bars? Or are we uh, ordering some? Yeah, hang up or there quite we honestly, if you want to send me some of those puffs, like just Dude. that would be wonderful. Like the Built Bars go hard. The, the, the puffs, like out, out of control. And like, <laughs> I, 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 will, I will talk them up and down, even off the camera, off the microphone. Anyway. Um, i we have a big mailbag question. This actually came this morning. So uh, look at Sam, emailer Sam, coming up with a segment for us uh, just in the nick of time. So uh, shout out to you for producing some of this podcast here. He writes in, I've thought about this a lot. If you could add any three players from the last 10 years to this year's MSU football team, who would they be? He goes on to write, my answer would be 2013 Darquez Denard, 2015 Jack Conklin, and hot take, and this is a hot take, 2015 Trayvon Pendleton, because I love fullbacks and he's electric. That's a hot take, but damn it, it's one that he's standing by, so I absolutely love it. Um, You know what? Can I just go back a a conversation topic? Mm -hmm. We got to take football players from the last 10 years. Okay, that eliminates nearly every player that was there when I was at Michigan State. So, yep. uh, or at least the first two years, like so, freshman sophomore year, like those Kirk Cousins teams, like the BJ Cunningham teams. Like, nope, we're out. So, there we go. Uh, just aged another five years saying that out loud. So, <laughs> yeah, that, here we are. So, who wants to dance first, Austin? Do you want to bang out your three or? Uh, yeah, sure. So, a lot of good. Names. I got to tell you, I got to tell you, Sam stole a couple of mine to be quite honest with you so i'm gonna have to pivot on the spot i will say that just to speak to those jack conklin is the easy number one answer for me by far easily number one this team as you look at it this year the areas where you're a little bit nervous about depth there may be no stars offensive line pass rush and secondary to me that's kind of like where i started when i was thinking about how do i approach this but given so given that Conklin's kind of I'm gonna I'm gonna let him be taken already, and then the other one was Darquez Denard was sure. definitely on my list as well. You can never go wrong with adding a shutdown corner. Um, I love the Trevin Pendleton pick as Connor Hayward's biggest fan. Sure, the, <laughs> a semi version of him back on this team would be incredible. Um, but to pivot from that, I think my number one pick, which is the only one that didn't come off the board, would probably be Shalit Calhoun. Okay. From his junior year, um, which I'm hoping slash assuming falls into this window of 10 years. Again, talk about existential dread. Um, he, <laughs> I think this team has the potential. I would fully expect them to take a step forward in their pass rush between Winman and Brule and Vogel and the other guys sure. that are coming back. Like I think it'll get a lot better just naturally, but to add a stud and a guy that you really need to game plan for more than anything else, like Shelly Calhoun would be such a massive add to this team. Um, so I, I think that, you know, that kind of cornerstone pass rusher would be the first one I would take. Um, I like that. 
I like that a lot. Yeah. As as I think more about who these two and three would be, I think my I had a couple honorable mentions, so I'm going to just pull them up into the into the actual um, selection now. Oh wow! I'm going to go with Felton Davis. Oh my god! You have taken my top two right there. I loved <laughs> loved Felton Davis. No, no, this is great. This is awesome. We are on a the same wavelength right now. Not only are we getting old yeah. together, but we are firing on all cylinders together for the bring three guys back uh, routine i mean dude as much as we have what i think could be a very very good receiving group and i think oh, yeah. jade reed's probably still your number one in this scenario mm-hmm. felton davis just brings something that this group doesn't necessarily have like coleman keon total athletic freak i think trey mosley is very underrated as like he's one of those guys that's so underrated that he's becoming properly rated and right then, yeah no you're right and then Jaden Reed as an absolute stud, but they don't have that big body dude you can just throw the ball up to in the end zone. Maybe it's Malik Carr, but right now I'm just I would love to have a guy like Malik or excuse me, Felton Davis back yeah. on on this receiving core. That that's so strong. That is so strong. I love that. And then if I had to take a third, all right, I'm gonna steer away from the secondary just for fun. I okay. I'll take Kenneth Walker. <laughs> Not I'll a bad idea. Walker. I mean, like, you know, it's <laughs> not a bit a of a cop-out, I suppose. But, like, I love – and that's not to disparage Jared Broussard or Jalen Berger. Sure. I think that they could both be really very good players. But, I mean, you have the chance to add, I mean, you know, one of the best running backs in a single season that the school's ever had. That yeah. one, to me, would be would be a good one. Although it breaks my heart not to cha- to take – Jeremy Langford, who would be, is always been, will always be one of my favorites. Um, those are probably my three, just because I wanted to stay away from this. I've got plenty of other honorable mentions for the other positions, but I want you to, I want to hear where you're going since I already stole two of your. No, and like I think I was going to go number one with Felton Davis, and like I was also going to contradict myself because I was going to start this whole <laughs> argument being like, well, I feel good about the linebackers next year, so I don't need like a Joe Bocci or a Bola brother. Like I feel pretty good about you know where we're at with quarterback. I don't need a Connor Cook, and then like. I was going to go to the wide receiver room, which I feel great about already. And yeah. that just add Felton Davis to it. So like I was going to be a complete hypocrite there. Um, but you know what? I, I love the Shalik pick, but I'm going to pick the other guy I had for that same position for my number one. And I also want to preface it with saying like Jack Conklin, like is the correct answer. Dark West and is the correct answer. Like th- this is a very opinion based conversation, but like, no, like Conklin and Denard are like the correct answers for one and two. So if I can go yeah. back, Defensive end, Kenny Willickus, baby. Kenny Willickus. Oh, I love Kenny Willickus. Love Kenny Willickus. Um, just feel so bad for him that, like, obviously he had, like, a solid career, right? But might be forgotten about just because those were underwhelming seasons as a whole, like, for the team. You know, like, I don't necessarily look back longingly at the Red Box Bowl or that whole season, but, like, he balled out. Or, like, the pinstripe bowls. You, you, you get what I'm saying. I don't have to rehash all this. Um, oh, God. Trauma. Number two. I, it, it, I'm sorry. That was unfair of me. Hey, let, let me bring up something happy here. Um, okay. I got to caveat it with this um, for the three months before this season, I'm going to need this guy in a treadmill uh, working his cardio up to like being a triathlete because I'm going to beat the brakes off of this guy. And I am talking about one Tony Lippett, Austin Smith. Oh. I'm talking about Tony Lippett. You get the cornerback, you get the wide receiver. Heck, I might have him long snap a few punts. I don't really care. I mean, he's, he's going to be out there for about 170 snaps every Saturday because uh, dynamic on defense, awesome on offense. So 
I'm going to go Tony Lippett right there. And then the third and final one, not in the Felton category, Shirley category, the canine category. <sighs> I'm sorry, Josiah Price, I would love to take you, but I'm, I'm feeling good enough about Daniel Barker this season. So give me, just to have some depth in the defensive secondary, Kari Willis. I'm going to go with Kari Willis oh, right love there. It. Um, give Xavier, Xavier Henderson some help back there, some depth back there. So, yeah, I'm going to go with Kari Willis. Um, he did just retire from NFL football. I think he's um, going to – I think yeah, I think he's, like, going more for, like, the uh, – I forgot what it is, religious, uh, figure out, like, mm-hmm. a few pastor or something like that. But um, maybe we throw an NIL back at him. He's got one more year of eligibility, maybe. I could have just made that up. That probably no. is uh, – probably the NCAA, but then, like, what are they going to do? <laughs> like, just – like, oh, uh, here's a, a slap on the wrist for you. Like, I don't care. So, yeah, that's – um, I think that's my third one. Kari Willis. Oh now, on the board still, you get Le'Veon Bell. We talked about the running backs, of course. Uh, William Golston, uh, he just barely Ooh. hits the cutoff of uh, the 10-year mark right there. And also, also, Jarrell Worthy, too. That's yeah. Fr- friend of the program, Jarrell Worthy, may I add. Ah, so, there you yeah, go. So. Those are good choices. I thought about – I totally forgot about Le'Veon Bell somehow, but I forgot – and I didn't even – Golston feels like he played at the school a million years ago. Right. I, I know. Yeah. I was also thinking – some of my honorable mentions, you said Josiah Price. Aaron Burbridge, oh, senior year. Oh, one of my favorites of all time. Yep. Absolute no freak show. Um, Danico's Allen, I think, was, was one of mine. And Trey Wayne's. Trey Waynes was a first-round pick. Like people Absolutely. forget that he was people extremely do good at Michigan State. So those are some good. There's a lot of good ones, though. I mean, the, the secondary, I think, is a good spot for it. I, it does alarm me a little bit. Like when I think about the tackles, there's really nobody else that I think I would really tap in from the last ten years. Aside right, from Conklin, and yet there's how many bowl games, how many championships? Like just yeah. what they've done with glue and duct tape and gum is pretty, pretty, pretty remarkable. It is, it is, and like also here now. This is like the super anxious part of me that that's about to say this name or pair of names rather, but like. Matt Coughlin or Michael Geiger. Now, I was listen, thinking Michael now, Geiger. That's a you good know, because like, look, we, I'm a guy. I I don't like change. I, I hate change. Like, and when change happens, I I get really jittery and like super anxious and whatever. And Matt Coughlin has been a staple in our lives the last six years, and it's great. It's awesome. We've had a, a an awesome time. Um, again, yes, he he missed some kicks in his career, of course. But like, if you look at it as a whole, like he was like a tick above average for college kicking. Mm-hmm. I don't know what's going to happen next year. I know that we have Jack Stone. I know he's a very highly rated kid. Highly rated kickers out of high school go south all the time. Like Steven Rusnak, I, I don't know. I saw him miss an extra point last year. I, I don't know. So like, will I be crying for just a guy that kicked 72% in his entire college career? I could. Very, so catch me at like week five of this season coming up. I yeah. might be crawling on my knees towards Michael Geiger or Matt Coglin here. Um, I mean, ask ask University of Alabama what it what a bad yeah. kicker costs you. Like these, oh, yeah, right. great <laughs> programs have bad kickers all the time. It's something I, I think we've actually kind of taken for granted, dating all the yes. way back to like Paul Edinger. Like, sure, to yeah. really date ourselves. Like, you, yeah. you, you take that for granted. My fallback plan is to just let Bryce Barringer do everything. I like so that. Yeah, there we go. I see no, I see no flaws in no. this plan. 
I don't see any flaws whatsoever. Um, let's get to a hard-hitting question out of the mailbag. Now, it's time to wipe the smiles off your face because uh, this is this is serious. We're in the nitty-gritty right now. Now, this is an idea that came from Nate, and he said um, he gave me a list of 10 college football head coaches and ranked them as father-in-laws uh, for your team. We're going to pivot a little away from that. We're just going to talk about these guys as literal father-in-laws and he also gave a star ranking for some of these he dipped down to the sec like he gave mike leach a five-star rating for what a father-in-law could be but (laughs) let's just stick to what big 10 football coaches would be the best real father-in-law and i'll name some right here he gave brett bielma uh five stars and he writes when the family gets together you know the food is going to be excellent and plentiful always good for another beer doesn't mind kicking back and having a good time that checks out. He gave Mel Tucker four mm-hmm. stars. The guy makes an impressive impression and is a standout role model for the kids. Relentless approach to work can encroach on family time. But when he's not on the phone pitching the hell out of recruits, he definitely knows how to enjoy the finer things in life. And then um, he has PJ Fleck and Jim Harbaugh both sharing one stars. Um, nah. Jim Harbaugh saying that he's a fierce competitor would go way too hard during all family games. And then PJ Flack uh, writes would make a good first impression that would last about 15 minutes and becomes unbearable. And yeah, so take <laughs> it from here. It, it, is there anyone that immediately sticks out to you for being what would be the ideal best father-in-law? And listen, I'll get out in front of it right now. Both our father-in-laws are incredible people. Uh, we love them Great. both. So just in case. I couldn't agree with that statement more. Scott, if you there see this, go. I love you. Yep. Um, Gary, one time for Gary. <laughs> so uh, there, there we go. All right, on, on we, we go. go. <laughs> Cover all our bases. I think he did a good job uh, job. of explaining this. I will say my only feedback, I think the best one's got to be Bert. It has to be Bert because you want food, you want a party, you want a guy who has more money than he knows what to do with and who's (laughs) probably just looking to have a good time with his boys, Mm -hmm. probably golfs. Like, this guy seems like a great – and doesn't really care. Like, in a way, he's like – already made it so he's sort of mailing it in just okay. like in general in life so he's just like around he's like whatever dude it's just summer break for from here on out no one really cares if i'm doing well um so that i, I think he's gotta be up there i do he's probably my number one i think a sneaky one might actually be kirk ference because oh, it's another okay. guy who like he's not gonna be as engaging as burt he's not gonna be as nearly as cool as mel but he's mm-hmm just like loaded beyond belief the mayor of whatever town he's in so you get the sure. best seats at whatever restaurant you're going to discounts wherever you are you just say i'm kirk's son-in-law and i feel like that would carry a lot of weight in iowa city or anywhere wherever you know this oh, fictional thing is taking you're, place you're so, a prince yeah right yeah you're the prince exactly you're like the favorite yes. son and right. uh you know, I think that would be. I think Kirk Ferentz is maybe a sleeper in this conversation, but the Paul or the uh, the 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 Fleck and Harbaugh, uh, those that Bang. right down the middle with that analysis couldn't couldn't be more accurate. I also think that James Franklin falls into that bucket where he'd be like awesome when you first met him, like this guy's cool, mm-hmm. seems like a cool mm-hmm. dude, and then after fifteen minutes, you're like just jam my head in a door and like, just get me out of here. That is hilarious because, uh, you know, Nate wrote in for James Franklin, gave him three stars and pretty much just said what you did worded differently. He said, there's a cool factor here. Not bad to sit down with and watch a game. Unfortunately, the guy just talks too much and thinks he's a bit cooler than he actually is. Like tell tell me that's not like the most bang on description. That that is, that's (laughs) completely hits it out of the park right there. Um, I think, and this is in the same vein as like a Brett Bielma. 
I'm going to travel a little north. I, I feel like Paul Christ over in Wisconsin is is kind of of that ilk too. Like sleeper, pretty down to earth guy. You know, like he has a ton of money, but like he only spends maybe three percent of it the entire year. But uh, <laughs> part of that three percent is that he owns a boat. You know, like so. Yeah. <laughs> you know, good, good days at the lake in the summer. I, that that never goes bad. So, yeah, I, I feel like Paul Christ, Brett Bielema would be pretty solid to have overall and like i'm trying to wreck like jeff brown i'm sure he'd be fine that's a three-star guy uh scott frost i don't know you know what i think scott frost for me yeah i think it really depends on how nebraska's doing that year right because like (laughs) there's no more miserable looking human being on this planet than scott frost when like nebraska is staring like four and eight in the barrel at the end of the season but like when the season's young, the optimism's high. You know, you go back to those Big Ten media days, like when he was freshly hired. Like, oh yeah, hey, that's a that's a spunky guy that's down for some fun. Like, a nice breath of fresh air. But man, he's aged like a president in the last few years at Nebraska. I mean, so it, it's not good. Last year, last year alone is like a four year term. Like it's a full term, eight year term. Just given how I, 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 I so to, to to use the father in law to to weave that in here. I was watching last fall the Iowa-Nebraska game with my father-in-law. And Iowa was, you know, getting their ass kicked. He's like, what's going on with Iowa? What's the, what's the deal here? And he's like a good sports fan, but he's not as in the weeds as we are. And so I'm he's like, a healthy sports yeah. fan. Yeah, okay. Yeah. Yes, he's a more sane individual. And he's like, I'm, yeah. he's like, I say to him, I'm like, just wait. I'm like, just give, give it a minute. And I legitimately, I'm like, Nebraska will find a way to blow this, and it will be yep. spectacular. And it was arguably, aside from probably Michigan State, their most spectacular way to lo- like finding a way oh, to this moment of the year. And he's sitting there and he's just staring. He's like, "Wow, they really <laughs> you were right." He's like, "They just they just every time something went wrong, they yeah. dropped a ball, they dropped a pass, fumble ball." He's just like, "Oh my god, these guys are cursed." He's like, "Couldn't believe it." So it's yeah, every, Scott Frost. But every Saturday, <laughs> yep, yeah. every single Saturday. But no, that's a. Man. That's a st- I, I give Scott Frost a lot of credit just for su- surviving last season. Like I, I think I would have yeah. gone out with an aneurysm by like week eight if I was in this uh, situation. Like, I, yeah, so, yeah, wouldn't would not have made it full God. full agree. And now I go back to the MSU Nebraska game and it's like Nebraska obviously oh. they botched the punt at the end and like Scott Frost I forgot what he said verbatim but it was like I, I can't coach my players to do what we tell them and I was like oh that's kind of off color and then like as the season goes on I'm like. He was actually probably in the right to say that. <laughs> like, oh, yeah. and, and, no, I want to know well, now. He, like, yeah. <laughs> he doubled and tripled down on that later, too. Just got more specific as to like right. what players he was talking <laughs> right. about. Like he's starting very vague where he's like, right. I can't be out there making, you know, I can't be out there doing these things for you. And then he's like, it was the punter and he is terrible. Yes. Like by yeah. the end of the season, he's just like getting so personal <laughs> and specific with his attacks. So, yeah, I, I don't know, man. I don't know what another year, if it's like that again, I don't know. I think he might just give up coaching altogether. Like he could get another job somewhere, but like if I'm him, I'm like, nah, this is me now. I can't do this anymore. (laughs) Go, go back to UCF, be like the uh, offensive analysis for, or analyst for uh, Gus Malzahn. And yeah, just go, go, go where you were great. Live somewhere else besides Nebraska. No offense to any Nebraska. No, no offense. Yeah. To our strong contingent of Nebraska listeners. No offense. (laughs) No offense. Um, Of course not. But yeah, that's that. Well, Austin, this was a hoot and a half. As it always is with you, and I, I cannot thank you enough for being uh, generous with yeah. your time, your, your knowledge, uh, and th- thanks for going through a, a quarter-life crisis with me there for a hot second. Hey. Uh, misery loves company, so look at us going. Uh, amen. Such is life as a sports fan. And one last thing to point out, 
If you're looking yeah. for good memories, there's peaches on this shirt. So just remember that. That is what I'm there talking about. What a walk-off right there. The Peach Bowl. Let's <laughs> go, baby. Gang, thank you so much for making Locked on Spars your first listen. We will be, we will be back on Monday. Uh, does Peyton Kirkland commit? Does he not? Who's to say? And also, uh, yeah, come on. Mailbag questions, LockedOnSpartans at gmail.com, or uh, we'll find our own way to have some fun on Monday. Love every single one of you. You guys are the best. Go Green. Let's go.